I'm for Gene Shepard, author, raconteur, and commentator of the contemporary scene. Here's Gene. Now, the following program may have certain elements of exceedingly bad taste. And of course, we take no responsibility for that. Since we are living in the age of exceedingly bad taste, we are only, let's put it this way, pawns of the great, vast, overflowing, immense sea of bad taste which surrounds all of us. So how the hell can you blame us, huh? Uh-huh. We're a part of our time. What are you going to do? Uh-huh. So are you. I'm going to take a look at that crummy-looking furniture you got in your house. Look at, look at the crown of that tie. Look at it. All right. that, you know, and it's, it's kind of uh, discouraging to realize, you know, have you ever thought about these uh, great ages that they used to have in the past, you know, the era of good feeling, you recall that, you studied that in history, right, that was about 12 minutes in man's recorded history, was that era of good feeling, can you imagine everybody walking around looking great, you know, and they're smiling, Says, well, we're in the middle of the era of good feeling, and uh, there was the renaissance, when everybody got up off his duff and started to do great things, paint and sculpt and think great thoughts and invent telescopes and all that jazz. Really would be rotten to live in the middle of the Renaissance and not, you know, be renaissancing. I mean, it's just, you're going downhill, in fact, and everybody else is, you know, coming on strong. Michelangelo's painting up a storm, and there you are just walking around burping, you know, hoping you get a decent poker hand down at the Medici's tonight. But uh, th- then, of course, there was the age of, uh, of reason. And uh, that was a long time ago. That, uh, that uh, passed briefly. Uh, they had, they, they did, really did have reason in those days. You read the stuff that they wrote in those days, and there's logic in a lot of it. And uh, the brain was important in those days. That was the whole idea of the age of reason. See, man used his brain. Well, uh, there was also the... Uh, the uh, Dark Ages. And, of course, that really was basically a problem with the power companies and all that. They were having a lot of bad problems in those days. They walked around and fought. The, well, that was Beowulf's day, for example. He, he didn't think I knew those esoteric things. <laughs> oh, God, when I think of the things I know and how little good it's done me, it really sickens me right down to the core. But uh, that was Beowulf's day. He walked around and you know and fought bears and did all that stuff. And, and uh, that was the Dark Ages. Now, uh, we are living in an age, you know, and, uh, of course, man at any given time tends to, to name his age, you see, uh, usually through wishful thinking. At the time, it's later that they come on and they call it for what it is. That's when they start calling the gazinkas for the gazinkas. That's what it really is. You see, they lay it down. And, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't do you any good to say we are living in the age of enlightenment. That was another age. That was a different age, uh, the age of enlightenment. That's when people really were after knowledge. And uh, now, of course, uh, we're living in a curious age, and I've wondered what we're going to call it, uh, history. I'm talking about not us, because we've, you know, we've got all kinds of names. People call it things like uh, the age of, uh, of awareness. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> I saw that in Time magazine the other day, I'll tell you. Unconscious humor. Can you imagine a hundred years from now reading that they actually thought in our time it was the age of awareness? That's a joke, a But uh, man tends to be egotistical. 
I mean, he tends to believe that his time is the most important time of all. This, this normal. I mean, after all, you don't want to think that you live in the least important of days. You don't want to believe that. Nobody wants to say, oh my God, with 20 million years of history available, I had to get born when not a damn thing happened. Nobody cared. It was just a dull week in history. No. It's got to be the most important time. Every time man lived was the most important time, according to the people who lived at the time, of course. And every time man lived, at any time, it was the most enlightened of times to the men of the time. It's a sad fact you're going to have to accept. They did not know they were in the Dark Ages. Beowulf, he, you know, he saw the sun come up and he saw the bear come out of the weeds. He figured, you know, that's the way it was going to be forever. Well, uh, he was wrong, right? Not necessarily, but he was wrong. Uh, you know, a guy that got up in the morning in the day of the age of reason and sat down with his plumed pen and began to put down clearly reasoned sentences leading to a totally logical conclusion. Figured that man would always be like that. That was before Norman Mailer, of course. That was before Philip Roth came on the scene. I mean, it became the age of gut reason. Not even reason. Gut reaction. See, reason involves the head. So, the age of gut journalism, of course, blew away all the old concepts of the age of reason, the age of enlightenment, and it became the age of the gut. You see. Which, incidentally, uh, means that we've gone full circle. Attila the Hun lived in those days, too. He, everything he did was on a gut reaction. He didn't reason it out. He just says, Arr! which meant, uh, let's go and burn down the next place. We'll raise it, do the whole, that's with a Z. And uh, we'll really do it. So that's called gut reaction. I suspect that ultimately our age will be known as the age of bad taste. I'm serious. I'm really very serious about that. Because, you see, w during any given age... Uh, we have made taste, the whole idea of taste is now an anathema. Nobody wants to be accused of being in good taste. He wants to be accused of being in with it, you see, in, uh, swinging. But never, oh, good taste is something you say about your grandmother. Uh, see, because she lived in the age when good taste was really around. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, if you want to be, be with it today, you have to say, hey, pass them things, and we're going to go down and get a Big Mac. Now, that's... Uh, that's, you know, that, that's the average conversation today around Plimpton's house. So uh, the age of good taste is long since gone. So naturally, I believe we are living in the age of bad taste. Now, I'm not making a value judgment on that. See, bad taste has a certain vitality. Just as, say, the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages had a certain vitality. If you were around there, I mean, there was a lot of vitality. It was swinging a club at a dragon. And, uh, really, and, uh, certainly they had plenty of vitality in Beowulf's day, and certainly you can't argue that, uh, Attila the Hun's day had a hell of a lot of vitality. I mean, you come down with the, with the horde of barbarians out of the hills, yelling and hollering, and, uh, <laughs> you know, burning down the villages and raping the maidens and all that. That was vitality personified. So, uh, the age of bad taste, which we are in, I suspect, uh, not suspect. I'm, I'm beginning to think now that since we've come, you know, it's been a whole century uh, since the uh, age. Have you noticed that almost all people who are looking for good taste collect things out of the past century? Tiffany, 
lamps. Uh, <laughs> you can go down. Uh, uh, automobiles that were created uh, 50 years ago uh, because those, those were created with taste and artistic integrity. Now, that has nothing to do with the pacer. That has nothing to do with lampoon. <laughs> Speaking of bad taste, and it has nothing to do with with uh, with uh, Howard Johnson's in the Ramada Inn, or uh, Ronald McDonald or Mary McCheese. Uh, we are living in the age of bad taste, and it's a uh, it's it's kind of a galloping thing. It's really exciting if you if you really hurl yourself into it. Uh, of course, a uh, hundred years from now. You may not look so good in the history books. You may, we may, you know, we may. Oh yes, we're living in the age where everything is popularized. I suspect that the age of bad taste is connected with the total popularization of everything, including even politics. So everything that happens is the subject of a movie. And uh, our great, uh, I, I suspect that our great soothsayers of today are movie stars. Oh yes. They're the great soothsayers. They're the soothsayers. They have replaced the clergy uh, for being the, the leading moralists of our time. And uh, the, the sayers of sooth, which is to say uh, they are the prognosticators and the declarers of morality. You know what a soothsayer was, right? Kreskin, huh? No, no. <laughs> soothsayer. Well, no, no. A clairvoyant is not to be considered a soothsayer. See, we, the trouble with the age of good taste was that they, they had exact terminology. That was also the age of reason. Language had meaning. Today it does not. So if I say to most people, soothsayer, they think that's a fortune teller. No, no, not at all. A clairvoyant is a fortune teller. And once, or a fortune teller can also be uh, an oracular uh creator, a creator of oracular concepts. I am an oracle. I will tell you what will happen. But a soothsayer, on the other hand, is far more complicated than that. Now, they had, uh, well, I'll give you an example of a soothsayer. Uh, you are familiar with Greek drama. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> oh, of course, you and Euripides, just like that, right? Aristophanes and you, why oh, you sit and chuckle many, many times over, uh, over Electra. It's a really gas. Uh, play. I mean, you know, when she stands up on that high hill and uh, looks out over the darkening plain and says, says, uh, what boots this cruise that I carry? You don't even know what the hell one word means. What do you mean boots this cruise? What does boots mean? What is a cruise? Well, that's the problem. No, a cruise is not something you go down to Tobago in. A uh, cruise, no, in this case, a cruise. What boots this cruise that I carry? Well, she's asking a question. Meaning, how come I'm a princess and I have to carry the water here for this crowd? Why am I doing this? That's what she's really saying. See, she's a princess, you know. And her brother, Orestes, is out there across the sea doing his thing. And here she is, reduced to this rotten state. And so she demands that he come back and deal with this crowd in the, in the castle or the palace. Or actually, it's, it's, in the, uh, it's in the great, great seat of the kingdom there. And, uh, of course, then that gets very complicated. I don't want to lay that on you because you can probably read it in the Reader's Digest. I think in a couple of weeks they're going to have a, you know, a condensation of the birds by Aristophanes, wasn't it right? It's a great fun thing with commentary on the side by, uh, by Peter Falk. It's going to be good. However, uh, I, uh, since we are living in this age of, 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 of bad taste, 
you can't blame me for being part of it. I mean, don't write to me and say you're in bad taste, Shepard. That's like writing to a guy in a Renaissance period and saying, what are you doing here? You're a Renaissance man. Cut it out, will you? He can't do it. It's he's caught in the vice of his time. One cannot escape from his time. You know, speaking of uh, of the age of uh, of uh, bad taste, and uh, and I, I can only say that uh, the man can't help going through these. You can't you can't uh, decide one day one guy wake up. You know, uh, he's he's uh, sitting there squatting down by the main palazzo outside of the. Uh, palace of the medicis you know and he's sitting there in the amid the bad sewage that they had in those days you know and the flies are flying around all of a sudden he says my god i'll tell you what we need albertino we need a renaissance uh it didn't start in other words one cannot will oneself into an age we're always trying to do this you see every president that gets elected says and I'll, I'll tell you, my administration will usher in an age of peace and good feeling. We will bring all peoples together. It's not going to work like that. One does not will oneself into a new age. Now, how does a new age come about? You know, this is a subject of infinite research among many fields of very esoteric historians and uh, social uh scientists really how ages come and go and we have really just faint glimmerings of how it happened but they're only theory it's just like nobody really knows what starts an ice age there are theories but we do know there have been several <laughs> many in the past ice ages and do you know that this is, there is a great group of uh, climatologists today who feel that we're entering another one? And uh, also, too, another thing will happen. There will be widespread famine, as is already beginning to develop because of climactic changes where rain does not come in certain places where it always had, and it's gone. You've seen the evidences of this already. And other places get un unbelievable rain where they have never had it before. As a matter of fact, last year... If, you're, uh, if you really want to go right down to the specifics, last year, areas of New Jersey flooded that had not flooded in this century. I mean, I mean really flooded, man. So, uh, so uh, if, if there's another ice age that shows up, forget the skiing. I mean, because an ice age is going to be hell on the ball season, too. Uh, in fact, when, when uh, Yogi Berra was asked about that, they said to him, you know, there's evidence, Yogi, that there's going to be another ice age. Incidentally, since we are living in the age of the total slob and the age of uh, dynamic bad taste, naturally, uh, people like Yogi Berra, uh, Jane Fonda, Robert Redford would become the major oracles of our time. Uh, more people would like to hear what Johnny Carson thinks of the candidates than, let's say, a political scientist. A clear indication that we are well into the age of truly uh, dynamic bad taste. And uh, it's the age of, uh, let's see, democratization has also brought about another phenomenon called slobization, <laughs> which is another thing. I don't want to get into that. But uh, when you, no, 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 that's a, that's the subject of next semester's, uh, uh, next semester's, uh, uh, we, we, have a, we have a semester system here. Next semester, uh, this will be called Silly Putty 104. So uh, be sure to enroll in it, and you'll find out about Slavism. However, uh, 
in, in the case of, uh, of, of an ice age coming in, I don't know why I brought this up, but nobody quite knows why. That's the only reason I brought it up, really. Uh, that there are, there are clashing theories about why an ice age is, is created and what, what the, you know, why. Of course, you realize another thing that has been very interesting along those lines. There have been uh, earthquakes all around the world in places that don't get earthquakes. Right. Oh, see, all these things are very important to a person who see. Most of us are so involved in man that we don't even look at the earth we're living on. And when we do look at the earth we're living on, we always think of it in terms of man. Most people who think they're into the earth movement are really involved in man's despoilage of the earth. That's not the same thing as studying the earth. Uh, if you're really seriously involved in the earth, you know that the earth does things regardless of whether or not man has anything to do with it. See, throwing out beer cans does not cause an earthquake in Peru. An earthquake in Peru comes about because the earth is doing it to us. Now, uh, there have been several unexpected volcanic eruptions that have just blown the top off volcanoes and all this stuff comes squirting out which can be really rough on the finish on your car I mean if you if your new car gets caught in a lava flow you're you've got problems trading it I'll tell you yeah it it, uh, it makes a great ashtray after that uh, it might even make a very very large but interesting paperweight but uh, as far as driving it on Route 22, which incidentally will also be covered with a lava flow, I'm not so sure that uh, well, you, you'll plot it, except that you haven't seen one come down the hill yet. I mean, if you think 22 is hell, you ought to see a lava, a, liver, a river of lava. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, but, but all jesting aside, uh, there, are, there are signs all over the world that uh, something fantastic is happening. Uh, in you know, in the world itself, not not what man is doing, not what the birds are doing, not what the oceans are doing, but uh, what the earth is doing. Now, uh, you know, all this business of uh, of ecology. What most people think of ecology really is waste disposal. Ecology really is not much connected with that. An ecologist is a person who studies the interconnection of various life forms and the interplay of them, and it has not much to do with throwing out your gum wrappers. <laughs> so, yeah, people have confused ecology with sanitation. A lot of people think they're being, you know, ecological-minded when they pick up a, a gum wrapper. Well, actually, they're just being sanitation-minded. Uh, sanitation, I suppose, as a peripheral, very far-removed uh, uh, possible connection with ecology, but only possible and peripheral. So uh, uh, when, uh, when the Earth decides, let's say, for example, to drop its climate by 50 degrees, it won't do you much good to pick up your gum wrappers. That'll all be academic. <laughs> and and, and the, the change in existence that will come about is unimaginable, incalculable. I mean, if there is an existence... Uh, there is a, you know, there's a lot of theories. In fact, certain countries, by the way, are already making plans for it. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, where, where do you, what, what do you guys read? I don't, can't understand this. Yes, there, there, there are, there are certain countries, including our country. There, there is a, is a very high level group of uh, California geologists and so on that have been working under a government grant to make possible contingency plans for the sudden development of 
what they call catastrophic climactic changes. Uh, ergo translated, a sudden uh, ice age breaks out. Uh, <laughs> I have to do something about it, or at least you know try to survive. And uh, this is all part of it. Now, now, what about uh, uh, our entering entering the age of b- uh, bad taste? Now, I'll give you an example of bad taste. Now, one of uh, one of the listeners, that's one of our spies, says, "You know, Shepard, at the end of the day, you were talking." This was a couple of months ago. I, I happened to do the show, and uh, she writes and says, uh, "Shepard, you were talking about, uh, you know, the incredibly uh, bad taste of so much stuff. You want to talk about bad taste? I'll tell you an example of bad taste." Uh, the Adams Chronicle. Yes. Well, <laughs> because most people de- define bad taste as you know going down to uh, some hamburger joint and getting an ice cream cone and so on. Now uh, they reduced historical people to paper cutouts with like one vast pageant, where people said things like, "I have the country to consider. My own personal problems have no moment." At the time of my country's, you know, this is this is the worst possible taste. I mean, in other words, it's the it's the bad taste of a uh, of a Fourth of July pageant, where uh, where some hot dog company will uh, will sponsor the fireworks, and the fireworks goes up, and this great big American flag starts burning down on the field, and on top of it, it says, "Eat Schlager's hot dogs." Now, you see, to me, this is uh, some people would say, "Isn't that nice?" Isn't that nice? That's really patriotic. Yes, it's really patriotic. You know, uh, Schlager's department store is having a bicentennial sale of lawn furniture. Patriotic, lawn, patriotic people down there at Schlager's. Well, now I—that's <laughs> the kind of bad taste I'm talking about. Now here's another kind. This uh, listener says that I've come to believe that uh, that the only person with good taste on all of television is Charlie the Tuna. In fact, Charlie the Tuna is the only commercial that ever mentions taste. You, you know how about about, and they're talking about aesthetic taste, not food taste. You know, this poor Charlie down there at the bottom of the ocean, and uh, he's he's uh, one of my favorites. Is is the one where he's doing Hamlet. You see Charlie down there, and he's uh, he's saying things like "to be or not to be," and this uh, little guy comes up and says, "What are you doing that for, Charlie?" He says, "Well, I understand the." Uh, uh, that they only want tunas with good taste, and I'm doing I'm doing Hamlet, and at that point, that uh, down comes the hook, you know. It says, "Forget it, Charlie." Well, all right, <laughs> poor Charlie failed in the good taste test. Now, here's here's a, a collection of one one week. Listen to this stuff on major channels in a major city in the United States of stuff that's on television, uh, and all in uh, fairly reasonably prime times. Okay, you ready to listen to this? Godzilla versus the sea monster. Godzilla, aided by a giant moth, fights a huge crab that has enslaved an island. Okay, do you like that one? How about the vampire's ghost? John Abbott and Charles Gordon. Vampire comes to an African village under the guise of a saloon keeper. <laughs> That's believable. How about uh, the brain from planet Eros? John Agar, space being, captures the body of a young scientist, takes over his will. I mean, uh, and the television reverse is just terrible. Yeah, but it's on. That's the point. doesn't do any good to say it's terrible. Uh, Tarzan's Greatest Adventure. Tarzan trails four men, including an old enemy who will stop at nothing to find a diamond mine. Oh, that's deep stuff. Uh, the Conquest of Space. A group of astronauts prepare for a voyage to Mars 
and they lead a strange existence on a man-made satellite complete with giant insects. Wow. The Sea Devil, Jack Kelly. Unbelievably bad, the critic says. Uh, it's a science fiction tale about a she-monster. Billy the Kid versus... Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Oh, wow. John Carradine, etc., uh, etc., et down the line. Anyway, there's a whole list of this glop. Now, the, the point I'm making is that probably a lot of you are cheering that, which shows something very, very much about us. Uh, we are a nation, and uh, in fact, almost getting to be a world of uh, children. I mean, children in the, in the, in the real sense. We, we love little childish fairy tales uh, that, that make the Mother Goose tales look like war and peace. John Agar stars in a, a terrible drama about a she-devil. Now, can you imagine anybody today sitting down and writing Don Giovanni? In fact, you know, the first thing that most people ask me about my novels is, how long did it take you to write it? And when I say, it took me six years to write In God We Trust, and three years to write Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories, they turned pale. <laughs> because part of the slob world is anything that takes over 12 minutes to do is not worth doing. Fascinating. And, uh, and I, I, uh, I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't uh, say how, yeah, I don't know how we got into it, but I don't know what people of the future ages... Now, you see, ages change. We tend to think, no, it's going to be like this forever. This is, incidentally, one of the great, um, I think, fallacies of science fiction, is they tend to project contemporary things into the future. Well, contemporary things of any given age have never really extended into the future. And so the age of reason did not extend much into our time, as we can tell. Uh, we can also tell the age of Romanticism, for example, did not extend into our age. The age of chivalry is an anathema, you see. So why do we believe that our age will continue into future ages? We are as isolated in time, I'm talking about 20th century, it'll probably be man up to about I would estimate the middle of the 21st century, roughly, 150 years, give or take, will be the age. That's the usual age time of, uh, of an age of reason, the age of Renaissance, maybe 200 years. It's a period like that. And I think that our age of bad taste began roughly right after the Civil War. Roughly. And, uh, yeah, it's a rough just rough, it, 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 uh, maybe in the 80s, roughly like that. And it will decline about the year 2050, 50, maybe 60. And people who will come, there will be a great transitional period. And the next great age will look back on our age with great wonder, just as we look on the age of chivalry with wonder. And a curious kind of nostalgic quality, too, you know. They, because after all, they'll be human beings, too. There's a little of it in them. And, uh, like, we look back on the age of knighthood with a curious, uh, gee, you know, <laughs> we can't imagine ourselves going out and, uh, uh, you know, looking for the Holy Grail for 400 years, but uh, there's something kind of there, kind of there.
and uh, 200 years from now they will look back on our time and uh, they will look back on us with uh, with uh, well not awe no nor nor uh, nor look down they will look back with uh, curiosity just like we look back with curiosity we don't look down on the age of chivalry we don't quite understand it but it's, we're curious we don't look down on the age of say Beowulf we just study it <laughs> try to understand it and they will do the same. We never, we never can quite make that transition, though. We can't really be Beowulf. We can't really understand uh, the Round Table and then uh, Merlin and all of that. Uh, but eventually, they will look back on us and they will, they will wonder because they will, they will read a few fragmentary writings and they will wonder how we could have been such people. And there will be little bits and pieces of artifacts of the time that they will look over and uh, collect. Oh, there will be a great collecting. But not necessarily uh, in the same way we collect things today. They'll be collected largely, I think, through uh, academic, uh, academic research of the period. Because uh, our time will be remote. You notice we don't really collect things, personally collect things, out of really remote ages. It's recent ages. Everybody collects, uh, uh, let's say, cars of the 20s. Very few people collect uh, carriages of the 18th century. So away. Uh-huh. How can you help us? We're caught in the grip of them currents. <laughs> You've been listening to Gene Shepard, author, raconteur, and commentator on a contemporary scene.